0: From the banks of the Charles River, this is Reporters Roundup. Bringing you the stories making
4: news right now on WBZ News Radio 1030. WBZ News Time 1230, 58 degrees, sunny skies in Boston. Good afternoon, Infra Rod Fritz. I'm Doug Cope, and welcome to Reporters Roundup. Here are stories making news right now. I'm Jim Roop.
3: What we know now about the JFK assassination, or more importantly, what we don't know now about the JFK assassination.
5: Today is Devin Swau day in the city of Boston. I'm Carl Stevens.
6: I'm Lana Jones in Brimfield, where the family of Holly Paranin is hoping for a break in the 24-year-old kidnap
1: murder case.
7: Pats and Chargers on Sunday in Foxborough. Both teams are rolling, and Game 3 of the World Series shifts to Houston tonight. I'm Adam Kaufman.
1: I'm Tracy Jonke for Bloomberg Business. Dunkin' Donuts will test a name change in the company's birthplace.
4: On walls. Street. The Dow is up 31. The Nasdaq up 132. Well, thousands of documents relating to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in 1963 have been released. That is in compliance with the 1992 law requiring their release after 25 years. But President Trump is delaying the release of some of those files. Now, correspondent Jim Roop has been following the story. He's with us now. And Jim, what's the reason behind this?
3: Well, it comes at the request of federal agencies, the CIA, the FBI. President Trump had said he wanted to release all these things, lift the veil, as he said, um, and, and put be as transparent as possible on this. But at the last minute, and why the last minute? This is 25 years coming. Uh, but at the last minute, the FBI and CIA said, look, there are things we don't want uh, the public to know. Maybe they're trying to protect uh, confidential informants that are still alive and their location or other issues, or maybe they do have something to hide. That's unclear. That's why the conspiracy theorists are loving this uh, withholding of 350 or so documents. But the president wanted to release them, but the CIA and the FBI had such uh, a case about this could jeopardize national security. Let's redact this stuff. So the president said, okay, let's hold these back. Let's take a look at them over the next four to six months. And then I'll, and then we'll decide if it's stuff that can be um, left to the public to see, or if it really will uh, uh, damage national security or foreign relations. So that's the reason why it really came with the request of the federal agencies.
4: Now you alluded to this a little bit. Uh, could the postponing of releasing uh, these documents lead to some suspicions that the government is still well protecting some secrets about this case?
3: Oh, it already is. I mean, the moment the moment we found out that. Uh, not all of the documents, and it, because remember, this was kind of paraded out over uh, uh, several days, as if Donald Trump was ready to announce the lineup for the one of his pageants or something. Um, you know, this is coming, this is coming, even the day before. This is the long-awaited files. Uh, not all of a sudden, well, not all of them are going to be released. So yeah, this really fueled those who were saying, aha, they have something to hide. There is somebody on the grassy knoll.
4: Correspondent Jim Roop on the JFK Files. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. WBC News Time is 1238. Well, the menu, not the only thing changing, apparently, at Dunkin' Donuts. The famous chain, well, looks like they're changing its name by shortening it. Here to tell us about that, Bloomberg's uh, Tracy Johnkey. So, uh, Tracy, what are they going to change it to, uh, to Dunkie's? Like, you know, everybody knows it as, Dunkies.
1: That's right, or Dunks or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, you know, out here, not as well, though this is very much a test phase, Doug. and still very early. Uh, Duncan Brands opened one store earlier this year in Pasadena, California, under the name Duncan, And that's it. And now uh, Californians not, might not know any better, so the company's now planning to open a second store next year with just the Duncan name. And this one might be trickier because this will be in Quincy. Dunkin' Donuts' birthplace. CEO Nigel Travis says the chain wants to remain the number one retailer of donuts, but it also wants to remind people that it does more. Though at the same time, as you mentioned, Doug, Dunkin' Brands now also wants to do less. The company has been trimming its menu, including donut varieties, to make the stores easier to run and get the donuts and coffee in your hands faster. I,
4: and I know just where they're building that new Dunkies, as a matter oh, of Oh, you fact. do? Yes, I do. It's right on my way to work.
1: Oh, well that's handy. Very convenient. But will it be the same if it's just Dunky? Uh, Duncan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so oh it'll it. be
4: it'll be wonderful. Don't worry about it. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> On the Ring Central Newsline, WBZ's Carl Stevens telling us today is Devin Swauder, here in the city of Boston, Devin is the Framingham boy who died of a rare form of pediatric cancer. Now, Carl's been following this story Carl, you talked to the mayor about Devin? Yeah,
5: I did. It was uh, last week after we had learned that the little boy had died, and it was amazing talking. I mean, this is the mayor of one of the greatest cities in the country, and he was really taken aback by this because Devin, with that infectious smile and that face so consistently filled with hope and promise, he inspired so many people. And I asked the mayor, what, what did you learn or what can you learn from a six-year-old boy? And he talked about perspective. How Devon's battle against a rare form of pediatric cancer helped the mayor with perspective, and I think helped all of us with a sense of perspective. And that's why he declared today, which would have been Devon's seventh birthday, Devin's Swallow day in the city of Boston. So, folks, you're going to see a lot of municipal buildings this evening bathed in the color of green because that was Devin's favorite color. With Zacob like
4: Bridge, too, right?
5: Absolutely, yes.
4: Now, Carl, uh, Framingham, people there also, quite a response to Devon's passing.
5: That's where he was from. We got a statement from the Framingham Board of Selectmen, chairman chairwoman Cheryl Stoll saying that the town of Framingham extends our sincerest condolences to the family and she talked about it similar to what what the mayor talked about here in Boston Devin taught us how to pull together to work for something good that's a tremendous legacy for anyone let alone a
4: six-year-old WBZ's Carl Stevens thank you Well, the kidnap and murder of Holly Paranin 24 years ago back in the news today. WBZ's Lana Jones is in the town of Brimfield. That's where the family is hoping a break in a similar case from around the same time will help lead them to Holly's killer. Lana, what is the family doing there today?
6: well, they've gathered up the media. A lot of us have been here many times before. They've gathered up the media to announce that uh, a break in a case out of Agawam from about 25 years ago is giving them some hope, and so they have made fresh posters of Holly reminding people of a $40,000 reward for her return uh, for information leading to the killer, and um, and they're, they're hoping that uh, this will jog some memories again. You'll recall, Doug, 24 years ago in August, Holly was uh, playing at her grandmother's house. She kind of ran down the street to see some newborn puppies and was never seen again. And uh, in October of that year, just down the street from where I am, they found her remains a very short time, a uh, short uh, distance from the grandmother's house. And um, and there's been no word on who did it.
4: Since. Have there been some uh, promising tips, though, in the past? <laughs>
6: Uh, the grandmother tells me that they've gotten tips sometimes every day. Uh, the tips have never stopped coming over 24 years. But with this uh, this break in the in the Agawab case, a, a DNA link uh, to that murder out there, they are hoping that this might be the break that, that leads them to Holly's killer.
4: WBZ's Lana Jones in Brimfield. Thank you. On the Ring Central news Newsline, let's go to WBZ's Adam Kaufman. He's in the yasticket.com sports studio. Adam, first of all, it's the World Series, the Fall Classic, Game 3 tonight, and it's tied at 1. Who's going to win?
7: We have Hugh Darvish for the Dodgers, who has been lights out here in the postseason mm-hmm. and has also fared well against the Astros from when he was in Texas. And on the other side for Houston, you've got Lance McCullers Jr., who has also pitched very well. He had a sub-1 ERA in the ALCS against the Yankees, so could be another good pitching Matchup tonight, but uh, I do think I give a slight edge to Houston. Uh, not so much for momentum, but the fact that they're at home, clearly comfortable there. The Dodgers, largely unlike Darvish, not experienced inside that dome, and the the roof's going to be closed as well. They've experienced with that, so a bunch of different factors. But we've seen this series has been just a lot of fun to watch.
4: And uh, switching gears a little bit, of course, Patriots play uh, the Chargers on Sunday. The mm-hmm. where are they from now?
7: L.A. Now. Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. They, I, you, I, you, I, for decades you I couldn't. Could put confused. a team in L.A. and all of a sudden there are two of them. Yeah,
4: yeah. Now, they, they didn't start out too well. The Chargers, I mean, didn't yep. start out too well, but now they've gotten better.
7: Right. 0-4 to start, 3-0 and since. So both these teams, Pats and Chargers, come in with three-game winning streaks. And two very different types of teams, we know that. For instance, the Chargers' offense, not nearly as good as that of the Patriots, but their defense, much better than that of the Pats, especially the pass rush. So that's a concern for Tom Brady, who has taken his fair share of hits and sacks over the offensive line. In fact, there are already three guys on that Chargers team this year that have at least five sacks apiece. So it's a very imposing front seven there that Brady and that entire O-line are going to have to watch out for. It, It is a concern, and defensively, we know there's a concern on the Pats side with the loss of Dante Hightower and having to adjust to that as well. But these two teams do come in, as I said, both hot. As a matter of fact, they've both allowed exactly... 38 points apiece the last three weeks during these winning streaks. So i got to think in the something-has-to-give department that the Pats, just being at home and the comforts of home and the, the ability that they tend to have to adjust to these injury situations, I think they're going to be okay. I think they'll win this
4: one comfortably. Deputy VZ's Adam Kaufman, thank you. You bet. Well, there is a push by some on Beacon Hill to do away with the free ride for some Boston area motorists. Now, WBZ's Ben Parker has been following this. He has more on a plan that would add some what? Tolls? some currently toll-free highways. What's this all
0: about? Well, of course, uh, the mass turnpike, uh, the airport tunnels, uh, the Tobin Bridge, places like that have had tolls for a long time. And now, uh, there's a push, a bill on Beacon Hill uh, that would add tolls uh, to some parts of Route 2, 128, I-93, and I-95. There was a hearing by the Transportation Committee on this bill, which, by the way, is uh, co-sponsored in part by Senator Thomas McGee of Lynn and Senator Sal DiDomenico of Everett. Now, this bill would create what's called the Metropolitan Transportation Network, and they would be responsible for coming up with a plan for a system of tolling and travel. As part of the proposal, there'd be peak Period pricing, which is aimed at easing congestion as well as maximizing environmental benefits, and it also calls, uh, Doug, for treating users of the highway system equitably based on things like geographic origin, destination, as well as mileage.
4: So, where might we see some of these new tolling? Uh, well, I, they're not really going to be toll booths. I would assume it's going to be more of these electronic tolls. Electronic tolling, yes. uh,
0: indeed, is part of this uh, this plan under this this act that would establish the Metropolitan Transportation Network. They would utilize electric. Electronic tolling, uh, take uh, advantage of uh, that technology. Uh, there would be uh, work as a comprehensive transportation system, which they say would integrate to the maximum extent, seamless connections, operating schedules, pricing, and fare, so being equitable uh, with those who are traveling on these uh, sections of roadway. Uh, this bill, by the way, uh, calls for uh, by the end of this year uh, for the implementation of, of a system being put together, and then no later than December 31st of 2018. The development and implementation beginning of a system of tolling on those highways.
4: WBZ's Ben Parker on the Ring Central Newsline. Who better to test gravity with the flying pumpkins than students and teachers from a physics department over at uh, BU? WBZ's. Bernice Corpus is at Boston University's Metcalf Science Plaza today for the school's annual pumpkin drop. And Bernice, look out below. <laughs> What's happening That's there? Right.
2: That's right, Doug. We'll actually be the last. Pumpkin was just dropped, uh, much to the excitement of the crowd here. Everybody was cheering. Uh, there were some young uh, students from a nearby elementary school that were screaming as each uh, pumpkin was dropped. Now I'm looking at the uh, the drop zone here, and it's looking more like a Pollock painting, as uh, you know, you can see the splattering of uh, about a couple of dozen. Uh, 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 pumpkins dropped from the rooftop of the Metcalf uh, Center for Science and Engineering. We've got a pumpkin that had liquid nitrogen and it was smoking as it dropped. Uh, We had a pumpkin that was frozen. We had some pumpkins with paint inside them, so there's a lot of splattering on the ground here, but it's quite pretty to look at.
4: Sounds uh, pretty lively where you are there, Bernice.
2: (laughs) Absolutely, Doug.
4: Uh, What are they proving doing this?
2: Well, that science can be fun, that uh, you can, you know, all these pumpkins will drop at a certain rate, but uh, it's, it, it doesn't really matter what size, and, uh, you know, it, actually, in the past years that have covered this, they've put two pumpkins of different sizes next to each other, and they fell about the same time, but this year they didn't do that. They just they just dropped one pumpkin at a time, and it's just exciting to see.
4: WBZ's Bernie Scorpuz don't stand under any falling pumpkins. And as Rod Fritz would say in other reporters, Roundup is in the books. Alan Griffith, our stalwart producer. Brittany Chittick, behind the glass. Kate Gallagher, our editor. John McClain, assistant news director. And Bill Flaherty, our music director. And I'm Doug Cope. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club.
1: Computer solitaire, huh?
7: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.